would like to turn your Bibles this evening to the book of Hebrews in chapter 9. Then we're going to go to 2 Corinthians in chapter 5. Hebrews in chapter 9 to begin with. And tonight we're going to be looking at a subject that I know is very unpopular. I was at a funeral today and, and at the viewing of, of one of our friends today. And, and you know, I, I just... Uh, Death is one of those things that just kind of, anymore, it just seems to really uh, strike a chord in my heart, especially when you see uh, family and friends and loved ones that are, that are brokenhearted. But, you know, as far as, you know, we are concerned, it does break our hearts. Death is one of those things that kind of gets a hold and gets our attention, but you know, as I, I sit and I think about it, and I, I think about the person who has died. The Bible says in Hebrews 9, 27, And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. I'm thinking about that person who has died. Not necessarily we who are alive, but those who have gone from this life to the next. They're still existing. They're still just as alive uh, spiritually as they've ever been physically. There are certain things and aspects that are going on in their life even now. And it makes me wonder, as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. We go back to 2 Corinthians, and, and, and you know, honestly, uh, Hebrews 9.27 is a verse of Scripture that should get everybody's attention real quick. But I go back, and you know, oftentimes, we that are saved, you know, I heard a person say today, they're no longer afraid of death. They're no longer afraid of what comes thereafter. And I'm not saying that I'm afraid of death, nor am I afraid of what's coming thereafter, but I wonder, I wonder, Am I going to have anything to lay at the foot of Jesus? In 2 Corinthians in chapter 5 and verse 10 is a, is a portion of Scripture that deals with death of the saint. We that are saved by the grace of God, we are also going to be standing at a judgment one day. A lot of people, they look at this and say, well, we're all right, we've been... We're saved and that's all that matters. Well, really, it's not all that matters being saved. As far as your penal judgment is concerned, yes, I understand where people are coming from when they say, I am no longer afraid of death, but what is this judgment here going to be like for you? In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10, the Bible says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. I want to stop right there just for a second. I want you, I want you to really, I want your attention to go to that place. When you've come from this life to the next, the Bible says the thing that you're going to do is you're going to stand one day before your Creator, before your Redeemer, before the one who has gave his all for you. And he's going to be looking at what you gave to him. 
You see what I'm saying? Your penal judgment does not come up in the judgment seat of Christ. The Bema seat of Christ has nothing to do with the penal judgment. In other words, it has nothing to do with life and death of a person as far as their spiritual life and death. What I'm dealing with here tonight is to you and I that are saved by the grace of God. What are we going to do when we stand before Him? What are we going to say when we stand before Him? I didn't know or, or I just didn't have the time. What are we going to say to Him? This is one of those, uh, again, this is not a very, from a very popular subject when you deal with death. Nobody likes to talk about death, but death is an issue that has to be dealt with because nobody's going to get out of this life without it unless you're called out in the, in the rapture of the saints. And then there's going to be a change that's going to take place in this old body that we can't explain it fully, but we know this. That we're going to pass from this life to the next. We're all going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. We that are redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. And the Bible says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body. That's the works that we have done. These are the things that we have done for Christ's sake, or was it for our sake? Listen, uh, we were talking in the back earlier and it seems to me like in so many, so many circles today, all that matters is prestige. Pe uh, preachers are, are, are striving for prestige. People are striving for, for notoriety of, of what they have done, but what, the, what is all that? If we lift ourselves up, I dare say that when we stand before the, the Bema Seat of Christ, all of those things that are going to go through the fire, if that's, uh, if that's our agenda, they're all going to be coming out as ash. Not to have anything to lay at the feet of Jesus because our carnal desires had overridden our spiritual, our spiritual needs. So again, I ask this question, when it, when it comes to the word death, I've simply entitled this, the word which produces fear, death. It ought to produce fear. We that are saved by the grace of God ought to have this desire in our hearts to, to have a, an overwhelming drive to be pleasing to the Master, be pleasing to our kinsman Redeemer, the one who has given us life, the one who has saved us by His grace, the one who gave us exactly what we did not deserve, the unmerited favor, eternal life. And I ask us tonight, when we stand before Him, are the works that we have produced upon this earth, are they going to be something that's going to go through the fire and come out as precious gold tried in the fire? Something that we can lay at the feet of Jesus? Or is it going to come out in ash, saved, yet so as by fire? It's a question that we need to ponder this evening.
Now the bulk of my message tonight is not going to be to the, to the saint. Although I, I do declare that I feel like this is something that the saint of God needs to have in the back of their mind and to always be mindful of the fact that one day we're going to give an account. Well, He's going to give us an account. That's the best way to put it, I believe. You know what we're going to be doing? I believe we're going to be standing there. And, I, and you know, this is my feeling uh, as I stand and I look at the Redeemer, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I dare say that I'm going to be standing there and I, 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 I say that my knees are going to be knocking. Can you just imagine the majesty that you're going to stand before? Our most gracious and divine Heavenly Father, and Lord, tonight as we bow before your throne, we do so with thankful hearts. Tonight, dear God, first of all, I'm thankful that we have forgiveness. Lord, we have the unmerited favor. We've been promised that when we come before thy throne with a contrite heart, in a, in, a, in a way of, of pleading forgiveness that you will forgive us of all of our shortcomings. For Father, we surely, we surely come up short from time to time in our lives. Lord, there's things that we do that we may do for our own self-gratification and glory even. Those are things that, Lord, I, I apologize for even now. Those are things, dear God, that I must repent of even now. And truly, Heavenly Father, I know there's times in all of our lives that we have come to this place in our lives where the notoriety kind of overrode our spiritual need. And Lord, I just pray that you'll help us to be what we need to be for thy honor and for thy glory. For truly, that's the reason why we're put here upon the earth, is to bring glory to your name. That's the reason we've been saved by your marvelous grace. And that's the reason that we can sing, It is well with my soul. Lord, I thank you for that song that was sang here this evening. And I pray, dear God, that even this hour you will cause each and every one that's in this house, saved and unsaved, to ponder the question, Is it well with my soul? Is it well? Will it be well? Lord, I pray tonight that for the unsaved that you would impress upon their hearts a need to come to know the Savior because there is an appointed time. As Job declares, Lord, there is an appointed time for all humanity to come to the end of their life. And what's going to matter is what's been done with our life here. Whether we've given ourselves to Thee in repentance or whether we have not, Lord, I pray that every person that's under the hearing of our word tonight would truly come unto Thee for that salvation that they will not fear an unnecessary fear, but that they might be able to say, It is well with my soul. Father, I pray, bless our evening. Lord, watch over us. And I pray that you'll forgive us our sin. In Christ's name, and amen. You know, this word tonight, death, it should produce fear 
in the being of an individual and it ought to be something that grabs the attention of all individuals. First of all tonight, I want to, I want to say this and, and this is one of those things that, you know, we look at death as something that's a way down the road. That's the way we do. I mean, we're human beings. We don't look at death as if we're looking at it in the face. It's something that's a way out there somewhere. You know, I've talked to people that were, uh, and I'm, I'm not talking about just young people. I'm talking about older people. They, people don't look at death the way that they really ought to consider it tonight. Everybody looks at death as if it's something that's a way down the road that they don't have to worry about. But death is something that you need to be concerned about tonight. Especially if you don't know the Lord is your Savior. Especially if you've never come to terms with the, with, with the Redeemer of, and the Giver of salvation. Listen, the Bible says if you were to die in your sins, if you're to die in your state, your spiritual state right now as an unsaved individual... Your next stop is going to be standing before the Almighty. The Bible says in the book of Matthew that there's going to be people standing there and they're going to be caught unawares and they're going to say different things like, we've done all these wonderful things. And he says unto them, depart from me, you work of iniquity, I never knew you. And the reason why that he didn't know them at death is because they didn't know him in life. Now it's too late. And now it's too late. Listen, death is sure. Death is an appointed thing that's coming to each and every human being upon the face of the earth. Death, my friend, is just as sure as the sun coming up tomorrow morning. As it is for the sun going down tonight. Death is coming. It's an appointed time. Job in chapter 30, if you'll go over there with me for just a moment. Job in chapter 30. You know, Job was a, was a man who had a, had a lot of information here. And not only Job, but even those that were, were hard upon Job even. In Job chapter 30 and verse 23, the Bible says, For I know that thou wilt bring me to death. You know why? Because he knew that there was an appointed time. He says here, For I know thou wilt bring me to death and to the house appointed unto all living. What is the house appointed unto all living? Well, to the human being, the house that's appointed to all living is the grave. But listen, there's more than just the grave here that we need to consider. Because the grave is only the holder of the physical body until the time of its, of its calling away to be reunited with a soul that it has already departed from. That soul, according to the book of, uh, uh, according to the book of Luke, listen, when the rich man died, the Bible says he lifted up his eyes being in torment. That soul was being in torment. Right now, the rich man's body excuse me, is out there somewhere. Somewhere the rich man's body is going to be called up one day. After the resurrection of the redeemed, listen, 
The Bible speaks of that second resurrection. Listen, I want you to think about this. A time when, when all the dead, small and great, will be going, are going to be called forth. The Bible says in the book of Revelation in chapter 20 that all the dead, small and great, are going to be called forth, rich and poor, sick and healthy. In life, that is. These bodies are going to come forth. Those bodies have been, are going to be prepared with, with, a, with, a, with a never dying body. And that soul is going to be reunited with that body and both are going to be cast into the lake of fire one day. Friend, I want you to know something. Today's the day of salvation. You need to get ready for that appointed time that Job is speaking of here. That Job's word is finally brought forth in Ecclesiastes in chapter 8. To go over here with me now. Ecclesiastes in chapter 8 and we'll move on. I spoke about this here. I think it was two or three weeks ago. About a man who was the CEO over here at Belfont. And the man was in a, a pristine setting where doctors were all around him. Where there were heart doctors all around him. I mean, he had everything that, to his disposal right there. And notice what this scripture says here in verse 8 of chapter 8 of the book of Ecclesiastes. It says, There is no man that hath power over the Spirit to retain the Spirit. Neither hath he power in the day of death, and there is no discharge in that war. Neither shall wickedness deliver those that are given to it. You what this is telling us here, listen, it does not matter when, when your time comes. When God has, has given you an appointed time and, and, and the Bible says that your days are numbered. When that number comes up, listen, there is no, there is no waiting. There is no putting this off. Listen, the Bible says that when that day comes, there is no discharge in that war. In other words, there is no way that you can put a stop to that happening. Death is sure, and it's coming. Death is at the door of many in this world, this very hour, this very minute. There are people dying all over this world. You know why? Because their day has come. Their number time has arrived and God said, It is time today thy soul shall be required of thee. Could that be what's being said to you tonight? That this very night thy soul may be required of thee. Listen, it could happen to any one of us because there is an appointed time and there is a day of death. Be ready. Think about this. When death comes, listen. Actually, you know, a lot of people think that some people linger in death and they just go on and on in death. No, when death comes, death is there. 
When that time comes, when that time for that spirit to leave that body, it is a simultaneous time that when it comes, it is going to happen and nothing can, nothing can stay it. It happens in an instant. When God says your time is up, bam, you're gone. You know, I've heard, I've heard all kinds of commentaries on this and I've read a lot about this, but listen, I want you to know what God's Word says. And this is where men need to come to. This is God's Word. This is what God says. That death is sudden when it comes. Death is sure when it comes. Death is one of those things that's going to come regardless of what you think about it. And when it comes, it's going to catch you off guard. It's going to catch you off guard. Death is coming. As soon as the last breath leaves this body, that heart stops. When the electricity stops running in your system, your spirit is gone. That's how quick things happen. I have sat at the, at the bedside of many saints that have gone on. Let me tell you something. When that time comes, you know, everybody said, well, they're in the dying process. I'll tell you when they're in the dying process, when that body is vacant of that soul, they're gone. That's it. Now think about this. Hebrews 9.27 says, It's appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. What's it going to be like for you at that judgment? If you're still there in Ecclesiastes, turn over to chapter 9 with me. Ecclesiastes in chapter 9. Look at verse, begin at verse 10 with me. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 and verse 10, the Bible says, Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. Listen, if you got something to do, get her done. Because there's coming a time when you're not going to be able to. For there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave, whether thou goest. When you die, as far as your works are concerned, that's it. I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to men of understanding, nor yet favor to men of skill, but time and chance happeneth to them all. For man also knoweth not his time. What time is he talking of here? He's talking of his day of death. You know, you may, you know, people may give you a, a, some sort of a good idea about somebody's death, and a lot of times they're pretty close on that, especially if you have somebody that's dying in a in, in hospice or what have you, over maybe they've had cancer or whatever it is, or heart heart failure or 
or whatever, they'll tell you it's certain signs to look for. You know it's getting close. But even then, if they knew exactly what time that man was going to leave that body, listen, they would be right there, wouldn't they? You know what they'd be doing? They'd be trying to, they'd be trying to save that body. But the man's gone. His soul has departed. It happens just in a moment. For man also knoweth not his time, as the fishes that are taken in an evil net, and the birds that are caught in the snare, so are the sons of men snared in an evil time, when it falleth suddenly upon them. Death is sure, death is sudden, and death is sorrow. You know, the sorrow that I'm speaking of is not just to those that's left behind. You see, there is a judgment and there is going to be sorrow at that judgment. There's going to be men who are going to stand at the great white throne judgment seat of God and they're going to stand there in sorrow because they know that there is no way they can get out of it. But there's also going to be men, women, boys and girls who are going to stand at the beam of seat of Christ. And there's going to be sorrow there. Sorrow because of the life that they lived here was not devoted to God like a pretended. It was not it was not for God's glory, it was for their prestige, you know, and we were talking about that a while ago. You know, there's people today that are just they're just bent on prestige in the church. I'm talking about preachers. I mean and, and I told you this the other night. Hey, this is not my church. This is the Lord's church. Amen. This is the Lord's church. And to say that this is my church or to say that I'm building my church is a falsehood. Listen, you know this, that this is the Lord's church and the Lord builds the church, amen? The Lord places in the body those whom he wishes. And listen, I wish preachers would get a hold of that today. There's too many preachers (coughs) that are going about in this world today Seeking to build their church. They've got it all wrong. I'm sorry, they've got it wrong, folks. You're not building the Lord's church. You're building your organization. And that's all it really comes down to. If it's not the Lord's church, it's just another organization. But there's going to be people going to be standing at the beam of seat of Christ with tears in their eyes. Saved, as I said a while ago, yet so as by fire. Because they went about it all wrong. They went about it with their own glory, with the intention of building up themselves glory. When we're supposed to be putting glory upon the Lord. Unprepared lives make for sorrowful judgments. What am I saying? I'm saying those that that are unfaithful in the house of God, unfaithful in the word of God, unfaithful to the people of God, they're going to meet a sorrowful judgment. Saved, yet so is by fire. Lastly tonight, I want you to look at this. You know, as again, as I said, death, death brings about a feeling of, of sorrow. A feeling of remorse. 
People don't like to talk about it. As I said, I talked to a young person today that said, I'm no longer afraid of death. You know, I, I pray that that person understood exactly, knows exactly what I'm preaching about tonight. Because there's things in my life, I mean, I've pled the Lord's forgiveness for. You know, I've not always done the right thing. Even as a pastor, I've not always done the right thing for the glory of God. You know what? I've already pled for that forgiveness, but that's one of those things I've lost. You know why? Because I had the wrong intention. And I know I'm going to see sorrow there. My prayer is that, listen, you know, you've always heard people say, especially people of works, they'll say, well, I hope my good outweighs my bad. Well, when it comes to the beam of seed of Christ, I really hope my good outweighs my bad because I want to see, I want something to lay at the feet of Jesus. When I'm talking about my bad, I'm talking about things I've done for myself, for my prestige, for my glory. Those are things that's going to be burned up, folks. That's what the beam of seed of Christ is all about. Our works, what we have done for Christ, is it done right? <coughs> what did it say? Whether good or bad. What could be the bad? Just like I said, when we do things for our glory, those things are going to be burned up. Death is coming. There's going to be sorrow. Now lastly, death is a separation. Now this has to do with the lost only. Because we that are saved... In that great separation day, the, when the goats are separated from the sheep, in that great day of, of separation, you know, we often think, well, we're just talking about the lost, but I, I understand that, but now think about it. The Bible says there's going to be saved, and, and you know, I, I heard, you know, you all heard this man, this individual say before, well, I believe you're going to be able to see those, those sorrowful things. You know what? I just don't believe I'm going to see the sorrowful things. Wouldn't be heaven. I don't see anywhere in Scripture that there is a window from heaven to hell, but there is one from hell to heaven. The Bible says a rich man lifted up his eyes, being in torment, and what did he see? He saw, he saw Lazarus. In Abraham's bosom. Nowhere in Scripture does it say that Lazarus saw the rich man. Nor did, did, does it say that he heard his voice. But listen to this now. There's going to be a separation day. Now I'm not sure how this is going to work. But listen, I do not, I, you know, as I go through heaven, maybe I saw, maybe I've got this this person in my mind that said they were saved and I'm looking all over heaven for them but they're not there I, don't, I just don't think I don't think it's coming but I will say this there is a great separation day for the lost because you know what they're going to see they're going to see all those they're going to see all the redeemed just like the rich man as he lifted up his eyes and he saw Lazarus in Abraham's bosom he was able to see into paradise, into the place of, of bless. 
You know what? They're going to see the joys of heaven. That great separation day where they can no longer ever speak to mom and dad again. They're no longer going to be able to see grandma and grandpa uh, uh, pouring out their hearts to God or opening the Bible and reading it around the table. Oh, they'll see it only in their memories of yesteryear. And it's something that's going to haunt them. You know why? Because there was the way of escape. But now they're trapped in an endless abyss. An endless darkness and an endless pain and suffering for all eternity. I can't even begin to imagine that. Praise God the saint has not to endure such a thing. There is going to be a great separation day. Back in Job, as I get ready to come to a close, I, I go back here for just a moment in Job 17. And verse 16, they shall go down to the bars of the pit when our rest together is in the dust. You know, in the book of Revelation, chapter 20, verse 10 down through verse 15, you see the end of the unrighteous. And it's at the judgment seat of the great white throne judgment seat of God. There's going to be an awful end there. A time that I wish you would know to it to escape from. Death. It's an awful, awful thing to think of. But if you know the Lord Jesus Christ, it's not something that should terrify you. It's something that should grab your attention, no doubt. And I pray that it does. I pray that even tonight, we that are saved, just stop and consider. When we stand at the beam of seat of Christ. Are we going to have anything on the other side to offer? Are we going to have anything to offer? Makes you wonder, doesn't it? I pray that the Emmanuel Baptist Church, I pray that every saint of God in here has to offer the Redeemer. I hope we're not standing in ashes. Saved yet so as by fire. But I pray that God will open the eyes of the blind in here tonight. Listen. Today's the day of salvation. Listen, death is coming. You may not like to think of it now, but it's a time to think of it because you're still breathing. You're still on this side of eternity. Now's the time to consider where you're going to be when your life ends. May God help you to see is our prayer. It's all.